Good morning, everyone. So, we are in a season where we're looking at the book of Joshua in detail. We're going to be walking through Joshua for a couple of weeks to come, and it's a very apt book in terms of where we are as a church, Cornerstone City. So if you recall, a few weeks ago, I think it was January the 8th, when we met at the all-in service in Midcat College, Adam walked us through the history of where we've been as a church. Thank you, Jimbo. And, you know, it was phenomenal to think that for 30 years, um, this year, we've been meeting as a church in various forms, and we happened to be part of the, the church. We joined 2008, so a good 15, 16 years ago. You know, I always tie that to the year my debut was born when we moved to Medway, and we found ourselves in Medway um, Family Church then, and it's now become Cornerstone City Church. So being part of that journey and thinking, where is God taking us to? But currently, we're at um, a new path, so to speak, as a church. We have ventured out. We've relied and built on the foundations of the fathers and the promises of God to them. And we started out on a new journey. It's almost like a new generation has taken over and they're pushing um, the truth and the purposes of God forward. So when I sit and look at scripture, I always like to imagine myself in there. I always like to put myself in that situation in order for it to make sense. So when the Bible says that you love the Lord your God with all of your mind, your heart, your soul, and your spirit, it's your total being. And that's what we should do. Because if we don't, then we get removed from it. We think it's a fable. We think it's a bedtime story that we tell the children so they can behave. We don't see ourselves in it. And until we see ourselves in it, we can't be transformed by the power within Scripture. So looking through Joshua as a community gives us the opportunity to sit together and think, what are we doing? Why are we here? Somehow, every time I come here is the question that I ask, why are we here? What are we doing? You know, because it's pertinent for us to be able to journey together, then to a certain degree, we must have a plumb line, a, a baseline for all of us where we all seem to understand and think, okay, we believe in the Bible, we believe in the Holy Spirit, and we believe in the things that he said. We believe in healing and prayer. That's why we've done that this morning. We strongly, strongly believe in that because we have nothing else but God, nothing to rely on but him to be able to come through and heal us and relieve us and set us free from every inhibition, every stronghold. Those are the things that we believe. So it's good for us to look through Scripture together to, you know, be, watch what we believe. Like um, Paul was saying to Timothy, be cautious of your doctrine. Look after it intently in order that you don't shipwreck your faith. And that's part of the things that we do when we constantly look at what we believe and the truth that we know and share together as a people. 
So the book of Joshua gives us that opportunity to look at where we are now, where we've come from. So Joshua was handed things or the reins of authority by Moses. Moses, you know, saw Joshua through his youth. Every time the Bible talks about Joshua, it was like a young man, Moses' apprentice that was out in the tent when Moses went to meet with God. And through the years, Joshua came through to become the leader of Israel. And God said exactly the same thing that he said to Moses to him, that I will be with you and that I will see you through. And that's the moment we are today in Cornerstone, where there's a new generation of people that are coming through. And then there's that journey ahead to inherit the promises of God. Because we haven't totally taken it all. Everything that God has promised when John Oldfield came and planted the church in Datford, um, we're still working that through. We're still fleshing out that detail. And part of that promise is the fact that we're sitting here as a congregation on a Sunday. That's a big part of it. But where do we go from here is the question. And that's why we're looking at Joshua chapter 3. Um, the whole of chapter 3 and 4, and just one verse in chapter 5. But there's two things that I wanted to pick out from in there, from that, that um, set of scriptures, particularly around leadership. And what does it say there? Just under there, it says, take me, your leader. I've always had um, this thing kicking off at the back of my mind ever since I saw a book, a title book, same title, and apparently, when I started to search, there's a theme about take me to your leader. Does anyone know anything about it? Have you ever heard the phrase? You've heard the phrase. What, what have you heard about it? Okay. What? Yeah. yeah that's, that's, that's the thing. Yeah, take me to your leader. So that's the phrase. The aliens come in, you know, to take over. And the first thing they say is take me to your leader. But as a people, and just looking at Scripture, the trajectory of Scripture, when God works with people, or when he's worked in the, New Testament, in the Old Testament with the Israelites, he gathers people together, but there's a structure that he puts in place, a structure of leadership, people working together. But he works through heads of families, heads of communities, and then it builds up like that. So that structure is already set. So what do we do as believers when we come into a church? Do we go off on how we see things being done? Or do we walk the line that God has set in place? So one of the things that happened with Joshua, and Jim will be speaking about that next week, was when he encountered the commander of the Lord's army. And what did he say? Joshua was, who are you? What are you doing here? And it was a case of, are you for us or you're with our enemies? And he said nothing like that. When God comes into a situation, he doesn't pick sides. He takes over. And that's one of the things I want us to see as we make this journey in God together as a community. Because I have struggled with this for about a year, thinking, what are we doing with these communities? Why are we here? But I can 
you know, sort of proudly say and firmly, you know, assure you that this is going to be our normal church as it is. We are here to build a community from the ground up. The same way Jasper started a couple of years ago, we, people sat in here today, in a couple of years you will look back and think, how have I journeyed? But we're here to build this community. We're here to put all our resources together, every blessing that God has given to us to ensure that the plans and the purposes of God across Medway comes to pass. So this morning, I'm inviting each and every one of us to, you know, jump on board. If you have sort of weighed it out, if you've thought about it, if you've been challenged or disturbed about it, it's part of the process of really comforting and assuring each and every one of us that we're not on our own. Every one of us has battled with this thing. But what we need to do is first and majorly trust in God. So when I talk about leaders, I'm not talking about any of the leaders here. I'm talking about Jesus as our leader, trusting in him, giving all of our heart to him, knowing that the purpose for which he has established us and he's brought us in this moment and in this time is for his name to be exalted and for his glory to be revealed in our day and in our time. So let's jump straight into scripture, Joshua chapter 3. That's where we'll start from and then we'll take it from there. Can everyone see that? Is it legible enough? Yeah? Joshua chapter 3, verse 1 to 4 is where I'll start, and it reads, and I quote from the New Living Translation, Early the next morning, Joshua and all the Israelites left Acacia Grove and arrived at the banks of the Jordan River, where they camped before crossing. Three days later, the Israelite officers went through the camp, giving these instructions to the people, when you see the Levitical priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, move out from your positions and follow them. Since you have never traveled this way before, they will guide you. Stay about half a mile behind them, keeping a clear distance between you and the Ark. Make sure you don't come any closer. So when this happened, when they started out this journey, remember, like I said, that Joshua had been around for about 40 years at this point because they had wandered around the wilderness for 40 years. And before that, he was serving. He was Moses' assistant, so he had seen different things. He saw the miracles as they went through the Red Sea, everything that happened in the wilderness, the, um, the calf and the many things, the manna, Everything that happened, he was part of it. He saw it all. And now Moses was dead. And Joshua had been you know, commissioned to now lead the people into the promised land for which God had delivered them from Egypt. So he took them out of Egypt and he said he was going to give them a promised land. But at the point, Moses could not get them into that promised land. But Joshua had been commissioned to do that. And how was he going to do it? He had the whole nation of Israel at his 
disposal. Not at this, but he was meant to be leading them. He was meant to be assuring them. He was meant to be presenting to them the promises of God and bringing them through into all of God's promises. And to do that, he needed people in there. And that's my cry, my call to all of us this morning. We need people to be able to take the promises of God in who, for starters, and Medway as a whole. When we come in every Sunday, um, where our young Rod kindly helps us to put the banners, one of the major ones is this one here. Very kindly every Sunday is just to put it in front and center of our minds and of our hearts. Why are we here is Jesus-centered transformation of lives. And to do what? To regenerate Medway and beyond. That is our focal point. So every time you come in here on a Sunday, have that. as If you've wondered and thought, other than the fellowship and anything, what else is there? It's to serve Jesus in our day. Get your lives transformed. Get your heart changed. And then reflect that across. So when I was young in faith and I was walking with the Lord and I'm thinking, what do I do? Um, how do I go about this thing? What do I attach myself to? You know, every day I wake up, what is it for? Attach myself to the purpose of the church that I belong to. What are we here for? What am I doing? Attach yourself to that. Make it your own. It has to be yours first before you can carry it out, before you can do it. And how do you participate? It's being part of that community. And that's what he did here. He appointed officers. And we'll talk about those officers as we go. And he said to them, give them instructions on what to do. So that's why we come to church. We hear the preach. We go to Bible study in the week. We discuss these things. But we are guided. We need to be a people that accept and listen to guidance of truth. And in doing that, we grow for ourselves, we understand it, and we also do it. It's the same sort of process that we see over and over again within Scripture, especially within the New Testament. All of this is for God to create that atmosphere of being in a family. And if you haven't really experienced it, like for me, not being born into a Christian home, I found it in the church that I belong to then. And some of us are experiencing that here and now. But for the, us to really break into all that God wants for us, if we truly believe that, we need to embrace that element of being part of a family in here, in Cornerstone City Church, especially here in Who. So one very pivotal moment for me was last week. Wednesday, when we went to the grain, went to Isle of Grain to um, Cape Broker, we took our passports with us, got in the car, got checked in, and we ended up in Kate's house. While we were praying, she brought a word about being settled. That for many years, she's traveled and been in different houses over time, but until recently, she never felt settled. And it was such a pivotal moment for all of us in the room. But she said, until now, and you look at it, it's Isle of Green, it's so far away. How can you feel settled here? But she said she is. Not just Isle of Green 
as in the house, 51 Panel Road. But the fact that she's in a church that she believes God has put her in, and she's just settled in there. And what comes out of that? And when the Bible talks about the peace of God that passes on the, all understanding, it's knowing wherever you are that God has got you. And that's where your peace is. Just like we say home is where our peace is. You're comfortable with your family. You are relaxed. You just enjoy the moment. And that's what I believe we can get to as a people. Individually first, because the individual is the collective sum of the whole. So each one of us has to go through that narrow gate of finding our peace in God, of knowing without a shadow of a doubt, come what may, whatever happens, God has me. And as a result of that, we build that spiritual atmosphere that when people step in, they think there's something different about what is going on here. And I just want to paint a picture of the future in our minds and in our heads for each one of us. That when people come in, and this is one of the things that struck me when I came into Medway Family Church many, many years ago, there was no hang-ups, no pretense. It was just the way that I saw it. Everyone welcoming, everyone wanting you to be there, everyone glad to see you. And it wasn't just Sundays, because I explored it. I saw them in their homes. I saw them during the week. There was nothing. It was just the way that it was. And bearing in mind the previous churches that I've been to, I never saw the pastor's house. Never did. Everything ended on a Sunday. So let's weigh this thing and consider where we are today and where we want to be and how we're going to get there. All the processes, all the things that we're doing. Because that's what happened for the children of Israel. They didn't have a choice. It just was the way things were. But what do we have today is to be able to learn from what happened then and think 20, 30, 40 years down the line, what is my life and my faith going to look like? One of the strong things in this verse, which is a theme throughout Joshua, is about memorials. Not just memorials, but what are you teaching your children? What are you handing over to them? What are you leaving them with? Is it the house? Is it the money? Or is it a legacy of faith and trust in God? That's one of the strong And Israel as a nation, we know that is just how they are as a people. That's how it's been passed on from generation to generation. That the God that did it then in Egypt and set us free is at work today and is in our midst. So I want us to think through this thing. I want us to consider it for ourselves, to weigh it up. And let us talk to one another. Let us encourage one another in this truth. And that's why I really want to underline the importance of the Wednesday prayer meetings. And thankfully, Maria has started a Saturday brunch as well, which I want to encourage everyone to get to. Get to know ourselves. Let's prioritize our relationships and our time together. Our time of prayer, our time of strengthening, and our time of going forward. Because that's what we're going to bring people into. 
that's how we're going to establish people. That's how we're going to take the land. Because we don't have Canaanites, we don't have Hevites, Jebusites, and all those things. But what do we have? We have a generation of people that we can bring into faith and disciple and establish them in truth. Not truth that we just say to them, truth that we live in, truth that we know in our hearts, truth that we're totally and completely persuaded that this is life. There's no other way to live. There's no other way to go. This is life. And that's how we can bring people into it because we're firmly convinced that that is what is the best way to go forward. So when all these things are going on around us, and it throws people off. When people lose their peace and there's no hope, we have a hope firmly in Christ. And that is what we want to bring people into. So that, giving them instructions, telling them how to do. And when we're going to do that, we have people around us. We have you know, people that have been appointed, people that have gone through certain understanding certain ways of working and it's not because they are better than us but they've been entrusted to ensure that we have a set of doctrine that is being adhered to we have people that are being looked after no one feels left out we walk with these people we encourage them and we join with them and not only that we as individuals aspire and look forward to the time where we have responsibility over us. And everyone here started as being a little boy, a little girl, went through teenagers, became young, 20s, 30s, had families, had children. It's the same process. When you come in, you understand what's going on in there, and you get appointed, you get given a responsibility. And that's because you've offered yourself up. So where I'm going is the offering of ourselves to be officers. Like, it's, I, don't, I don't know if you can see it, but I highlighted the officers, Israelite officers. And I'll come to that in subsequent verses of Scripture where how did these people come to be? Who chose them? We'll see in um, verse 8. And then chapter 4, how this came to be, was down to Joshua. And like I said, Joshua was chosen by Moses. But Joshua attached himself to Moses. So what am I saying? We need you to stand up and take responsibility for our community. For our being together. For the life that we share. You know, For many, many years before now, six Seven, eight, almost ten years, Jim has faithfully plowed this land. You know, he's been passionate about who as a place of seeing God come through and building people, opening his house, being a pastor, visiting people. And he's done that with support. But we're all here now to carry that forward to the next generation to bring the next set of people through and to support that vision in here. So that is my cry to everyone this morning, my call, my invitation. We have things set up, but this isn't going to go away. We have more of these services here than we would 
in a wider all-in community. So this is it for us. In reality, we need to think, how are we going to do this? How are we going to make Jesus known in who from this place? And that is what happened here. So if we go on to the next slide, this is about us. I've spoken already. I pulled this up from the website on who we are as a people and what we want to do. I'll just read very quickly to us um, what he says about Cornerstone. We believe our identity is found within Jesus Christ. Cornerstone's vision is a colorful picture of this being realized in Medway. It's a vision of people and communities believing the good promises God has spoken over us throughout history and seeking and seeing lives and communities transformed as a result. So the first question is, what are those promises? Each one of us need to know what those promises are and begin to think, where do I fit into this in terms of promises? And how do I participate to ensure that those promises come to pass, that they are fulfilled? How do I become an Israelite officer? How do I get chosen by Joshua and his team? How do I stand up for the truth that I know I'm convinced and I'm fully persuaded by that it's for today and it's for the now and put my hands to the plow and support the vision, support everything that is going on, support the communities, put everything that I have, time, resources behind it to ensure that it's done. And I want us to go away with that. If, you, if you've never read it, it's worth a read. Constantly go and see what is the vision? Why are we here? What is God calling us to? What is God calling me to? Because as much as we all have two eyes, ears, and nose, we see things totally differently based on our makeup, our gifting. But everything is important. Every little help counts. And I want to say that each one of us is very, very important to all that we're going to achieve in Medway. Let's not think about the peace for ourselves, but the nations that can be set free, the people that God is going to bring in, the generation that is going to be raised. We prayed over this school. We're still praying and we'll continue to pray on the back of what people like Rod and Penny have seen, people like Gemma have seen, because Gemma walked here many years ago. And we're still praying in because we know that it's a vital part of our community. But we want everyone to think, how can we do this? What can we do? And let's not wait for just one person to say, this is what we're going to do. I prayed, this is what the Lord has laid in my heart. What do you think? Let's wait together and let's make something of it and move swiftly to all that God is calling us to do. So that's another invitation on the website about who we are. And I, I want to continue to repeat this because it's the basis of our conversation when we meet on a Wednesday to pray, when we meet on a Saturday for brunch, when we have socials on a Sunday. We want to talk about these things. What do you really believe? You know, where have you come from? How do you do things? What is the operation? So we get to know each other. We get to know our differences. We get to know our strengths. And that's the way, as a people, we can build together. 
And I'm saying this because I know certain people are better at doing this than I am, than Jim is. And we want those people to come forward. How do we pull together as a community? How do we find our basis of strength and begin to build from there where each one knows their importance or feels their importance and it's not made up, they recognize that. So we need that cohesion amongst ourselves to be able to go forward. Without that, people will think, it doesn't matter what I say anyway, I'm just going to go away. You know, they're just going to do what they're going to do. And I can assure you, Cornerstone is not that kind of place. Where we are today here is not controlled by the center. What we do is led by every one of us here. We have a team that do that. They don't tell us what to preach or how to preach or how we're going to do things. We're given autonomy because as a church, we believe everyone's priesthood. We are priests and kings unto God. So we have a sense that we can trust God's Spirit speaking to you and go on along that. Go on to disciple your people. Go on to bring people to faith. Go on to strengthen people and encourage them. And I want us to feel that sense of this is home. We are settled here. Let's pitch in and build together and go. And that's what I can see from reading Joshua. So we've got that thing to refer to in terms of faith, what we believe in. Just to be sure, have a feel of it and think about it and let us come together and decide how we want to push this forward. Similar to what Adam said a few weeks back is our story so far. So that gives us a timeline of where we came from, how we've done so far, different memorials. And we'll talk about memorials in chapter 4 where he said to the people, select 12 men from each tribe and when the priests have gone before you and they step into Jordan and these people start to go. The areas where they've stepped into, pick out 12 stones and they become memorials for you. These men were hand-chosen by Joshua from amongst the people. And that's how we build churches. So, Butcher, Isaac Butcher in Bolivia Gordon Watson in Sittingbourne, they've all gone off, but we're not sending people to lead those churches. The leaders come from within there. So if we're going to build churches, if we're going to build communities, they have to come from amongst us. And how do we know the people we're going to be choosing? It's the relationships that we build over time. And that's a New Testament thing. When Timothy went away, to another city to start to disciple them. He had to choose elders from there. Same with Titus as well. So let's think of ourselves as not entirely followers, even though we are following Jesus. But in following Jesus, we also want to bring people into faith because that's the commission that he's given to us. Matthew 28, the Great Commission. We want to be in a position to do that really well. So prepare ourselves for doing that. And this in 
chapter 3 still, verse 7 and 8, is what God said to Joshua. That today I'll begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. As for you, command the priests who bear the Ark of Covenant, when you come to the brink of the waters of the Jordan, you shall stand and you shall stand still in the Jordan. So what is the parallel for us in this? That God calls us as a people. He puts leaders within our midst to guide the things that we do. So everyone is cared for and looked after. And the encouragement for us is to get to know your leaders, get to trust them, and offer ourselves to them. And in the leaders, like I said, it's not just us. Your main leader is Jesus. Get to know Jesus. Get to trust him. And let him lead you to how and where you will be serving. And it's going to be obvious to everyone when you have it. When you come to that place of a firm identity of who you are and what God is calling you to, it cannot be denied. Just like it wasn't able to be denied with Joshua. It wasn't able to be denied with the men that Joshua chose over Israel and over the things that he wanted to do. So when we look at Joshua chapter 9, oh, Joshua chapter 3, verse 9 now, we've looked at 7 and 8. In verse 9, Joshua said to the people, <coughs> Come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. And here is how you will know that the living God is among you and that he will, without fail, Drive out from before you the Canaanites, the Hethites, the Hevites, the Perizzites, the Gigashites, the Amorites, and the Jebusites. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth is passing over before you into the Jordan. Now, therefore, take 12 men from the tribes of Israel, from each tribe a man, and when the soles of the feet of the priest bearing the ark of the Lord the Lord of all the earth shall rest in the waters of the Jordan. The waters of the Jordan shall be cut off from flowing, and the waters coming down from above shall stand up in one heap. And this is, you know, picking different people to do different things. Israelite officers, and we had the priests as well. God chose the priests, and they served and they served God in the temple, in prayers, sacrifices, and all those things. But that is how we get organized as a people. That's the structure that we follow as well. We go out into a place, put people in there, and we serve together. What am I saying? Let us bond and deal together. Let's look to the people that we have within those places. We have people that we love and respect dearly in our midst. You know, people that have walked faithfully with God, that God has been gracious and kind to. Let's learn to trust them. 
let's find out their journey. So this is what I'm saying now. We need to all take the initiative to build relationships amongst ourselves. You know, let's not leave it to the Sundays alone. And that's why I'm, you know, really underlining the importance of this Wednesday meetings, the Saturday brunches, and I'm going to keep going over and over like a broken record. But that's how we can do this thing. The relationships I have today in Cornerstone wasn't built on Sundays. Sundays helped because just seeing them and catching up, but it wasn't built in there. People like Parvin, people like Acacia, people like Toby, who's not with us now, he's up in the Lake District, were built in our small group. And I'm sure Jim will say the same thing. Matt was in my small group, Matt Harrison with his family then. And that's how we had the friendships. And that's how we journeyed together. I know there's Zoom there, I know there's COVID, but we must find a way to circumvent those things and really take that step forward to build our relationship together. Because without that, we can't really experience all of God together. And through our coming together, people are handed responsibility based on their giftings and their abilities. And there's no shot of that in our groups. You know, recently I've heard about people from here going into Central, safeguarding leads. Gemma was that, looking after safeguarding for the whole of Cornerstone for us. Katie's taking over that. We've got Kate supporting what's happening at Jasper. Um, we've got Val being the treasurer. Mike and Kay helping out in the Central team building community. So there are people that are being pulled from different parts. Like I said, it's the sum of the whole that makes it happen together. So what am I saying? Let us individually go away today and think, what am I bringing to the table? What has God given to me? And what have I put down at his feet for his service, for his glory, and for the benefit of the community that I belong to? Let's go into this year thinking, how am I going to make a difference? And a lot of us have already started that, but I just want to underline that and encourage us that if we are going to take the land as we see it, we all need to be coming forward and putting our best in to ensure that the promises of God are fulfilled not only in our lives, but in our day, in our generation. The Bible says concerning David, that when David had served his generation according to the will of God, he slept. And now that, that, that's, that's something to behold and to think about. When he had served his generation according to the will of God, he slept. Let that be our testimony. And it starts from now. It starts from our day-to-day, -day, what we're thinking, and what we're giving ourselves to. I want to particularly thank those that have opened their homes for us to meet there on a Wednesday. If that's something you want to do, please speak to me. Um, we need more homes for us to meet. We need more leaders to lead in those homes. And let us build and achieve that goal, a Jesus-centered transformation of lives. It's going to happen in our homes. Our homes have to be places where it's safe for people to be themselves. 
where our children feel safe, you know, and they can go and bring their friends, and their friends come in and think, oh, it doesn't happen like that in my home. What's different about yours? We're raising a new generation. We're raising people that would transform all of this land. The people that we see hanging in the streets that know not what to do with themselves, let us bring them in and teach them the way of the Lord. That is how we can begin to transform our community. That's how we can make a difference in our land today. So let us come together. Let's come to the table. Let's discuss on this thing. Let's pray over them. Let's pray over ourselves. Let's encourage ourselves in the truth that we know in order for God's glory to be revealed in our day and in our time. Amen. Does that make sense? Finally, and this is what happened, and this is where I'm going to draw the line for Joshua 3 and 4 and our lessons for today. When all the nation had finished passing over the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Take twelve men from the people, from each tribe, a man, and command them, saying, Take twelve stones from here, out of the midst of the Jordan, from the very place where the priests' feet stood firmly, and bring them over with you, and lay them down in the place where you lodge tonight. Then Joshua called the twelve men, from the people of Israel, whom he had appointed a man from each tribe. That is a lot of work. Just to give a bit of context to that. Imagine the whole of Israel nation as it is. Who can give a guess as to what their numbers were at that point? Any guesses? Numbers of the whole nation that crossed Jordan? Half a million? Okay, let's go for half a million. But think about this. Joshua had to pick a man from the 12 tribes. So divide half a million by 12. 12 tribes, let's just divide it equally. But he had the responsibility of picking one man to represent that tribe and carry that stone as a memorial. Bearing in mind, the normal custom for them was they were teaching their children all about God every time. But also, that stone became the tribe's stone. Right? And Joshua had to pick that one man to do that. And not only that, Jim has, you know, the blessing of walking us through chapter 5 next week where he talks about circumcision. The Bible says Joshua, right, had to circumcise the whole nation. That is a messy job. He had to circumcise the whole nation. So the generation that died in the wilderness was gone. But there was a new generation that had come through. And what the Bible says, Joshua had to circumcise all of them. So it's not an easy job. It's not an easy job. But for some of us, we're called to that. It's messy and that's the beauty of being in a community. It will be messy because we come from different places. So the leadership has a lot to do. 
but we're all leaders. God has called all of us into leadership to a certain degree, and it varies. And he teaches us to recognize those things, to accept, and to submit. It's a mutual relationship. I don't say give and take. It's give and receive. That's the balance that we need to strike while we journey together. Some of us have had horrible experiences with different people over the years, with leadership in different churches, um, even at work, relationship, and it just totally scars us. It turns us off completely. But it's different in here. And God willing, he brings trusted people, people that he holds to high account, people that give themselves entirely to it. I have no hang-ups whatsoever with the leadership that I've followed for the many years I've been in Cornerstone. Adam, Julian, Tony, Rhonda, all of them together. Tested, tried, trusted is my verdict on them. Tested, tried, trusted over the years. Their heart is entirely for God. It's like nothing I've ever seen. And this is me coming from another part of the world. And immediately I saw it. And how could I decide? Because I read the Bible for myself. I saw what Jesus did with the disciples, which is why you have to make an informed judgment on your own when you decide you're going to stay and be part of it. And when you decide to stay, you must be willing to commit to it and go the way that they said. Because God appoints them. You can't go against that. You didn't choose them. He chose them. And they have been faithful for as long as they have been around. And what do you do? You go with that and see where God will take you and brings you to your own. If you cannot be trusted in little things, who's going to commit greater things to you? That's what the Bible says. So let's think of these things. And I just want to end it there today. And I want us to really pray. This is the final thing I'll leave with us. Judges 5, 2. When leaders lead in Israel, when people willingly offer themselves, bless the Lord. That was Deborah that said that in the book of Judges. Verse five, verse, um, chapter 5, verse 2, when she was faced with so many challenges, but it was all down to that cohesion, that building together that was crucial for her at that point. So, what am I saying, people? Follow Jesus completely and totally. Let him reveal to you who you are and what he's given to you and willingly give that to his body, to his church, for the glory of his name and for the fulfillment of his purpose. If any of this touches you in any way, if you feel you want to talk about it, please speak to myself, to Jim, trusted people amongst us, know them. I don't need to call their names. Let's discuss these things. Let's flesh these things out. And let's journey together in God. Let's give our lives entirely. Because he's worth it. There's nothing else worth living for out there outside of knowing God and being fulfilled in his promises and his purpose. So let's do that. Let's pray now. And if you want to speak on anything particular, then I'll stand in that corner there with Jim, and then we can pray together, pray with you, and 
to strengthen. But don't forget, Wednesday prayer meetings is a must for us. It's so important. It's a beginning. It's a new beginning for us entirely. We have to be there. We have to be a people praying because then we can hear from God. You know, one of the funny things that came out is when we started to talk about Joshua and we looked at and think, um, on the peninsula, what will be our Jericho? And what will be that strategy that God would say to us? Go around the city. Don't do anything. Just keep going around it. You know, it takes a people that trust God that will be able to do that. And that's why we need to come together and really weigh up the truth that God has given to us and how we go about things. The many, many sides of Medway and the towns that we live in and how do we deal with that. Amen. Let's rise to our feet and let's pray.